Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. My name is Ann Brash, and on behalf of the ACB Women's Committee, I'd like to welcome you to our first ever Sister Power Happy Hour. We've had uh, events like this for quite a while now, just but they've been under different names. Um, for many years, it was called Roles and Role Models, and we had sweet marbles for breakfast. And then it was Sister Power Breakfast. We moved on to like scrambled eggs and bacon. And now, because some of us are getting just a little bit older, we decided to make it a little later in the day. So if we were in person, we'd be discussing the menu right now. And we'll plan to do exactly that next year. But for the time being, just sit back and relax, enjoy whatever it is that you're eating or drinking, because we have a great program for you. Let me just kind of introduce the members of our committee. We've had a few people that have had to leave our committee this year, but everybody did a lot of work. So we're just going to introduce everybody. Our co-chairs are Linda Perrell and Lori Sharp. Um, and the members are Cheryl Cummings, Jeanette Dixon, Kathy Farina, Mary Ellen Frost, Cecily Nipper, Donna Pomerantz, Rachel Schroeder, Leslie Spoon, and Linda Yax. The board liaison is Katie Frederick, and the staff liaison is Kelly Gass. There's two um, other events that we just want to be sure that you know about because we don't want you to miss them. On Wednesday, the 21st, from 4.30 to 5.45, we're going to have yoga with Leslie Spoon. And we're going to be sitting so much that none of us should miss that class. And none of us also should miss uh, the class on Thursday, the 22nd, which is from 4 to 5.15. It's a joint program with Ivy on um, being an entrepreneur. So that should be a good class, too. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to introduce the first um, speaker, um, and she will speak for 15, 20 to 30 minutes, I don't know, whatever they decide to speak. Uh, and then I will introduce the second speaker. They're both really good. They have lives you won't want to miss. Um, and then we will have questions after that. So after that, you know, we'll open it and tell you how to raise your hand and whatever. But we want the speakers to be able to say everything that they want to say. So let's get started. Our first inspirational speaker is an author, a mental health counselor, massage therapist, and a holistic practitioner with 45 years of professional experience. She has a YouTube channel and a website. She's been the host of many internet radio shows heard throughout the country, one of which is In the Quiet, She's written two books, the first of which is The Courage to See, Daily Affirmations for Healing the Shame Within, and the second is Solving the Self-Esteem Puzzle, A Guide to Moving from Peace, P-I-E-C-E, to Peace, P-E-A-C-E. Her mission, as she puts it, is to bring expanded understanding, peace, and freedom to others, both in private sessions and in public speaking. So here she is. ACB Radio's Program Director, Debbie Hazelton. Wow, thank you, Anne, and thank you, everyone. I, I'm honored to be here. I know I'm with among many wonderful women and, and many wonderful people, and because I know some men. 
have probably been sneaking in here. I was told by a couple that they would. <laughs> Should we let them in, women? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting to be doing this today with Pam. And, you know, as I listened to the shoulda, coulda, woulda yesterday, I was feeling like, oh, you all are wonderful women and I know many of you on this committee and many of you listening, you know what? We all are wonderful people. You all are wonderful women and men. And what I know today is that we all really need each other a lot. And we all have so many talents and treasures. And I know Pam knows this and is probably already like jumping up and down inside because it's just so true of all of us. And I didn't know as know that. I was one of those other blind people that really didn't want to know that for a long time. And and if some of you are like, oh, I don't want to hear that, believe me, I was one of you with you. And we have many of us all been around the block. I call myself an inspirational speaker. And I know that there are people who go, ew, why would you call yourself that? Because they think that an inspirational speaker is just going to sit there and say how we pour liquid and how we walk with canes. And believe me, I'm too, I would be very bored doing that. I think there are plenty of other volunteers out there that would love to do those kinds of things. And I'll do it here and there. But, you know, when I get those kinds of questions, I have to admit, I sometimes say, you know what, I'm not working the night shift today. And there are lots of other people who can handle, handle those questions but I'm an inspirational speaker, one who really is passionate about inner change and inner ways of feeling inspired because that's what's worked for me. That's what continues to continues to work for me every day. So I'm going to tell you a little bit. I wrote a bunch of notes and I know I don't need them. So I'm probably going to just give them up and just share. And so back in the day, my mother had lost five babies. She had a stillborn at the end of a first pregnancy, a boy born dead, and she had several other miscarriages, five in all. She could not carry a baby full term because she had been given radium for too much bleeding when she was traveling once on a, on a bus for five days. Somehow she ended up with all this bleeding, and they gave her radium to stop the bleeding. Her, her uterus lost enough elasticity to carry a baby full term. So she kept thinking after losing those babies that she should go get her tubes tied, but she didn't. She went and adopted my sister, and four years later, probably more like three and something, she was at a Kentucky Derby and forgot her diaphragm. And I teased her later. I said, well, that's what you get for horsing around because along I came. My dad was very mad at her. You know, you should have brought your diaphragm and we don't want to go through this again. She thought that I was going to be a boy at six months. I was trying to come out back first, which I think explains my very stubborn and rebellious nature. I was called Deb the Reb <laughs> growing up a lot. And I've sort of playfully brought that name back. Deb the Reb, for being rebellious, I had to be a cesarean, and they gave her no anesthesia and cut her open to bring me into the world. 
Now, I have, I think I've heard that this has happened to some people back in the day, but that sounds really horrible. And I think that I still have feelings about that. I think it's probably part of where I get nervous sometimes when people are in pain, because I think I probably felt it. I was in an isolate for three months, and I went home to a violent alcoholic household. My father was a violent alcoholic, and I think my mother became an alcoholic, maybe wasn't as fully. She still did a lot of the good things that parents do to take care of their children. But I was a kid that had a lot of insight, a lot of feeling, a lot of question, and I was a struggling kid, too. So I, they found out I was blind uh, a few months after I came home, and or maybe shortly after I came home, since it was three months in the incubator. So I had light perception, which I, so, I am so grateful for. I still get it in a very weird way in my brain, but I think that that did a whole lot for me. I was a curious child. I was curious about, about God. And I used to ask, does God wear shoes? And they told me yes, because they were thinking of Jesus wearing sandals. I used to reach up outside and see if I could touch heaven. And, uh, you know, of course I couldn't, but I would think about flying on clouds and, and sitting on, on the moon and riding around and touching the sun, you know, like crazy things. But I felt like everything was alive. I felt like every day had a different sound. I used to play with energy, with the with something that felt like the air around me had texture. I actually think that really went along into experiences with healing. But at the same time, I was a struggling kid. I was angry, and I was a brat, and I felt bullied and left out, and and uh, you know didn't like a lot of the patronizing and condescending that many of us still deal with at times today. So I was a struggling kid. And the more angry I got, the more trouble I was in. And the more I felt bullied, the more angry I got. And so I was mixed in school. And as time went on, I I didn't do as well. And I really was bored in school. I was bored with a lot of things, with hearing tests. My mother used to say that they would give me hearing tests and I would stop raising my hand. It was like, okay, I've showed you that I've raised my hand. Now I'm tired of this. So (laughs) I was, you know, that rebellious kid. So uh, eventually my parents divorced when I was eight and we moved to Florida and I was still struggling. And every now and then I would have kind of a spiritual experience and then I'd I'd say, okay, I'm going to stay with this now. And then I'd go back into the human. And as time went on, I said, you know, this human stuff is like, it's sort of like Swiss cheese, you know, you're going along and then you fall in a hole and like, oh, there I am again. Okay. So I decided in high school that I wanted to major in psych. I really think I knew that I wanted help. I wanted somebody to understand me. And so I did go into my own therapy, and I also did go into psych and um, counseling and, I mean, in majors and started working with people really even back in the back in the 70s. Oh, and I started to also tell you as far as how back this goes, 
I was born two minutes before the polls closed when Eisenhower was elected in 52, two minutes before. So I used to say, did I don't know if somebody voted for me or I got here in time to vote. Maybe both. <laughs> but my mother always said, you live in a sighted world and you live in a man's world. And I said no to both. I said, if that were true, I wouldn't be here. So I went along and uh, always knew that I identified with sort of a non-traditional religion. Um, I, I have deep feelings for Jesus, but I, I think I look at it more metaphysically. And um, I, have, I have always been interested in sort of the energy medicine, the alternative uh, health care, which I went on and did a lot of, um, gosh, so long ago. Um, but I also went on, I taught college, I taught psych uh, I, and counseling and uh, college success skills, career planning, and then saw people privately. Uh, and then I later on went into the massage field. And um, I guess I've always known that people's people need their, our bodies need to be loved. Now, I'm not talking about that in a sexual way, but I think we need to feel loved, and our bodies need to feel nurtured and certainly safe. So somewhere, some years ago, when I was at a meditation retreat, uh, it came to me that my biggest struggle was about being blind and vulnerable and in a body. And Boy, oh boy, Pam, I bet you that you are going to capitalize on this in some of what you will talk about, because I know that sexuality has been um, something that you've also addressed with people. And and my friend who's a sexologist, who many of you heard me um, have on different shows, Marilyn Volker, she's always really working with people more on relationships, because it's much more about how do we relate? How do we feel safe? How do we really relate to our own bodies? Well, if other people are handling us and pushing and pulling us around and trying to mix, push, move our food around and fix our clothing and, and, you know, wiping something off our faces or something like that, how do we find our own sense of self in that body? And so I think a lot of my work has been about helping people all people, not just blind people, or people first who happen to be blind, to find that self-worth. But to find that and to own our bodies, I feel that many of us deal with over-processed food and under-processed emotion. To me, emotion is not about blame or about right or wrong. It's not about finding what's fair and who did what. It's more about what is our experience? What is my experience? What is your experience? And finding the empathy from all of our experience to, to know that we have far more in common than what's different. I think we, we really, I, I heard a nun once say that it's up to us to forgive ourselves and up to God to forgive everyone else. So I have a play name, and Rachel's waiting for the funny stories, and maybe we'll get to some of those. But I have a play name that I gave myself some years ago. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm, I, I've been teased about witch hazel and hazel witch and hazel nut and, you know, cause of Hazelton. 
So I, one day I came up with the woo-woo wacky witch hazel and woo-woo, I spell it differently. Some of you who know me on Dice World know I spelled it. I spell it W-U-W-U and woo-woo in, for me stands for wonderful universe, wonderful you, because I really believe the universe is wonderful and that we all are wonderful in our own way. And wacky, woo-woo wacky, wacky, I think it's good to be a little wacky. I thrive on sense of humor. I love it. And so then people would say, well, why are you saying witch? What does that mean to you? And I said, you know what? I I think it's it's cool. I don't know if I really was a witch, but I can relate to some of it. I've probably been the wicked witch a time or two. But witch, I decided it's an acronym. I made up an acronym, and I love acronyms. If you ever want help with those, call me because I think they're fun. But which for me stands for what if trust can help? What if trust can help? I think trust is a beautiful thing. And when I'm struggling, which still is far often with lots of things and lots of situations, I remind myself, trust, trust. And wow, when I let go and trust whoever, whatever it is you want to call it, him or her, uh, a team, uh, angels, guides, whatever, but trusting. And wow, it works out. So I know I could talk, and I probably have lots of um, lots of other things I could tell you, but I think I need to uh, let you hear Pam, because I know she's going to talk about joy. And I think that joy is one of those things. Joy is not about happiness, and it's not always about laughter, but it's a certain kind of passion. And I think as we can be in joy, that's something that no one can take away from us, and it's a wonderful thing. So let's let's hear Pam, and then let's see where we go after this. But thank you so much for being here, and thank you for listening. Oh, thank you, Debbie, so much. We We really, really appreciate your 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 time and and what you've been telling us I, thank I you you have a lot of people that are feeling with you right now thank you uh let me just our second inspirational speaker is the founder and chief executive officer of the coaching company called the joy filled life which empowers women to live the life of their dreams by integrating faith personal development and professional goals She's chaired numerous committees in ACB, including Multicultural Affairs and International Relations. And she's the first African-American to be elected to the ACB Board of Directors and a second vice president. She has a master's degree in social work from Howard University and a post-master's certificate in family therapy from Catholic University of America. She has more than 40 years of professional social work experience in the areas of homelessness, community mental health, child welfare, family services, and disability rights. She served as the director of Pennsylvania's Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services and the ADA coordinator for the state's career link system. Plus, she's an associate minister at the Vision of Hope Baptist Church. Pam Shaw, take it away. Pam, you may need to unmute that star six. I am unmuted. Isn't that great? (laughs) Hi, everybody. I am so excited to be here. And you will have to forgive me for all of this excitement. But 
I am on stage with one of my sheroes, and that is Debbie Hazelton. Whoever <laughs> thought this would happen? And and so just get ready because you're going to hear me say a lot of as Debbie said, <laughs> because it so touches me. And I want to thank you first of all to all of you for even coming out to you know this this sister power happy hour experience i don't know about you but i need it and i frankly need it every day so i thank you for being part of the power that i feel to just make it through day to day now as we ramp it up a little bit i know that we're in the the proper world and we want to do everything just so and so we use that word sister s i s t e r but i have a bit of another circle when it comes to people like you, and I like to call us sisters. See, it's a different word, S-I-S-T-A-H. And when you got a sister, you got somebody who feels it, somebody who knows it, somebody who gets it, somebody who loves you, and you can just be very, very real with that person without feeling judged. And so there's some things that I want to share with you uh, this afternoon, because I think that... Sometimes we tend to cover up and we don't want people to know certain things. But I think what you will find is what I have found is that we are more alike than we are different. We may have different circumstances. We may come from different cultures and ethnic backgrounds, but we've got a lot in common. And that's what I tend to celebrate every day. Now, first of all, just for the sake of clarifying something, the one question that I've been getting over the last few months uh, from my ACB family is, Pam, where have you been? And I just only want to share with you a saying that my grandmother used to say to us all the time, and she used to say, look, every goodbye ain't gone and every shut eye ain't sleep. So you may not have heard me or seen me, but I assure you, I was paying attention to what has been going on. I'd like to also say to you that when I use this word power, I don't believe power is power until you really use it. So let me share with you just a little bit how it has shown up in my life. I am um, the fourth of six children. There are three boys and three girls, and I have the distinction in my mother's story of my birth, of being the child who interrupted her pinochle game. She said she was in the midst of the game. She hadn't had a good hand all night. And then all of it, it came at the same time that she went into labor. And she said she was determined she wasn't going to anywhere to deliver any baby until that card game is over. So the card game obviously got over and I got born. But the one thing I would say to you is I think I got out of my birth that sense of determination, that sense of setting a goal, no matter how it may strange it may seem to some people, but just going ahead with it. So I had the distinction of being this child, and I, I thought about a lot that Debbie was sharing about being blind and, and growing up and some of the kinds of things that we have gone through. Um, I went from being very, very dependent and being very spoiled and getting people to do things for me to even going through a period where I didn't even want anybody to know that I was blind. And it's a funny story because there are people who tell me that the way I travel, they wonder if I do have vision. 
No, I don't. But what happened was, as I was going into my teenage years, my sister, who was older than me, I wanted to go everywhere she went. And she said to me, she said, you can't go any place with me looking like you can't see. So Pam, in her infinite wisdom, decided to practice walking around as if I could see. And strangely enough, there are times when I kind of got away with it. But then I, as time went on, I've learned to celebrate and enjoy who I am and what I am in every single circumstance. In going to school, I saw a lot of opportunity. Um, I was able to go to the city's academic high school and one of the first blind students to graduate from it. You know how it is. People are always telling us what we can't do and it's going to be hard. And many of us go through life trying to convince everybody and ourselves that we can do what sighted people do, where we can do what this one does. And I shared earlier this afternoon, I saw this in my educational career, that I always was trying to be the best because what I was taught was that as a blind person, I had to work harder and I had to be better and I had to do more than, and I had to be first when it came to my sighted colleagues. But let me share something with you. And after some time on this road called life, I changed my mind. I don't have to be better than anybody. I just have to be the best of myself. I have to be the best that I can be in my own world based on standards that I set. Because the hard part about trying to be better than sighted people, frankly, I wasn't sure who I was supposed to be better than. And there were some people where being better than them meant being the kind of person that I didn't want to be. It meant being insensitive. It meant being unfair. It meant loving people just because of external characteristics like the color of their skin. That's not my world. I just love people. And that's the way it is. And so through my educational career, because I had received so much good help, good counseling, good therapy along the way, I was attracted to the helping professions. And I chose social work because I came across so many people who were not, they weren't as fortunate as I was. And I wanted to give back. And I knew that I had something to give. And so when I got to Howard University and I wanted to take an internship in a social welfare agency, and they said, you can't do that because you have to go into bad neighborhoods and something bad is going to happen to you. So no, it won't. And I went anyway. And I made a lot of friends too. People looked out for me and they cared about me. And so I learned, don't assume that people are a certain way because they live a certain way or because they don't have what you have. And as I began to move in this field, as I began to be in, uh, you know, really interested in mental health, one of the things that caught my attention was family family, family, family. And at that time, I mostly, I think I focused on the biological things, my own family, because I am also, and Debbie, thank you so much for being so transparent. You have helped me. I am the adult child of an alcoholic. And one of the differences in our family was the alcoholism was to be kept a secret. No one knew outside of the family what was happening in the house. And we were not to tell anybody. That even meant that sometimes we couldn't have company because it, the rule was we didn't want to know people to know what was going on with daddy. And so that's why a lot of the challenges, and unfortunately for someone like me, one of the habits that I picked up was I learned to keep secrets, but I also learned that I couldn't trust people. 
And so that's been something that I still work on to this day. And I've had very various relationships, uh, romantic, if you want to call it that, relationships that I know now broke up because I didn't have the ability to trust. And that's something that I have worked on. And I'm very glad to be a trusting person, not a foolish person, but a trusting person. So when I started in family therapy, it just so happened that my first instructor was also a sex therapist. And because some of the things he shared in class, I began to be very, very interested in this field. And I took the courses and I certified in sex therapy because it's very different than what most people think about. First of all, particularly for us as women, we are mind, we are body, and we are soul. And if we neglect any of those areas, we leave out a very important piece of who we are. And I will tell you that not talking to us as blind women and not talking to other blind women. Do you know that there are sighted people who believe that blind people never have sexual relationships? And so I asked the person one time, and I wasn't trying to be facetious. I just wanted an answer. Where do you think blind people's children come from? And and people said, you know, I never thought about it that way. Well, you should, because we are human. And we do what other people do, and we have dreams. And we have, by the way, beautiful, wonderful, well-adjusted children. We can do that. So taking up talking about sexuality in a healthy way is good for everybody. It's part of our um, mental health. And so I used to talk to rehab people who said, well, some people said, I don't know. Yes, yes. Because if you don't talk about it, if you don't get a healthy notion of what it means to be a sexual being, you may find yourself in some very unhealthy environments. And so it was a wonderful thing to go to that through that time where I got a chance to practice with people, got a chance to share with people. Oh, excuse me, when I said practice with people, I didn't mean it that way. Okay, I just meant in the course of the practice. But it's been really, really good. I want to also share with you um, before I close out is two things. Number one, I want to take the word power itself and just reflect with you on the letters in the word because the P for me means purpose. Everybody has a purpose on this earth. Everybody has something to give. And your purpose may change throughout your lifetime. And that's why sometimes we panic when we don't want to do something anymore or we go in a different direction, but that's living out your purpose. The other thing is opportunity. There are many opportunities that I have let go by because I was fearful. Someone said something to distract me or to make me think I couldn't. But anytime you get an opportunity, take it, my sisters. The other thing is we got to do the work. Yeah, we got to do the work. No fairy dust coming down and sprinkling on us. No fairy godmothers to turn us into Cinderella's. It's just the work that we do. And you can hear from the work that Debbie does why she is so su successful. The E is also for excitement. We've got to be excited about the things within our life, even with the things that hurt. I'm excited about being here today because let me tell you why. I'm in the middle of moving. My house is a mess. I can't find anything. I hit myself in the mouth with the, with the freezer door, the top of freezer door, and I knocked my teeth, tooth out a couple of days ago, 
And the dentist gave me to put some, he put something in, in its place, but it fell out and now I can't find it. So I am not coming on video with a tooth missing from my mouth. You can forget it. So I'm so glad that this is audio, (laughs) but I am still excited about being here in the power hour. You know why? Because those things are circumstances. They don't rob my joy. Because I can have joy without, regardless of the circumstance. It's an inner peace. It's an inner love. It's an inner happiness. It focuses on not what is all the time, but what can and what will be. So I invite you to enjoy life. That's what it's all about. Take the power. It's yours, and it's nothing unless you use it. And then no matter what's going on, make it a happy hour. So to my sisters, I say thank you, and I'm glad to be here. And that ends my presentation, Anne. Oh, that's outstanding. Thank you so much. Uh, You both are great. Now, do you want uh, you mentioned something about maybe wanting to have a dialogue with each other for about five minutes before we get to questions? Do you still want to do that? I'd love that. Okay. So, Debbie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Debbie, one of the things that I I wanted to ask you about as I listened to you and you talked about Mm -hmm. how um, even in the mental health field, you began to work with people. I like this idea about you being interested in energy. Can you say a little bit more like that? That's a girl's thing. (laughs) Well, you know, I think we really are we are all energy. We're all made of this, whatever this, I think of it as an essence presence that's, that's everywhere. I mean, in, in this house, we have a joke. We say there's, there's nowhere God is not. And then we play with it and we say, there's nowhere God is not. <laughs> and you know, what we really mean is that this energy, this substance is everywhere. And I think we're made of it and it's mm-hmm. all around us. And, so as we learn that we can sort of shape it with mm-hmm. our minds and and uh, how we think about um, our lives and our our lots of things, I, I just think it's it's an everywhere kind of thing. Mm. Um, and we can, I mean, I think if you if you rub your hands together and then you move them apart and you feel something between your hands you might feel what people often refer to as a ball of energy you might feel heat Mm -hmm. and if you move them out from each other further you might see how big you can make that ball and then if you put your hands after you've rubbed them together if you put them Mm -hmm. um, up uh, by your throat but leave them out like a couple of inches and put them move them up around your ears and your head See if you can feel that energy, that presence from, and that's a space that's between your hands and you, mm. but you're not, they're not touching, but there's, uh, there's like something. It's like that same, maybe it's similar to that same something that we can feel when someone is walking up and they're behind us and we can feel them watching us. We can feel them nearby or even feel, I remember one time saying to my sister, wow, I could feel this server that we had across the restaurant, I felt like she was staring at me. And my sister said, yes, she was. I could feel it. 
And you know how when you walk into a room and there's tension or there's something funny, but you aren't even necessarily hearing it, but you know, you know that things have been going on in that room. I think that's energy. Yeah, I think you're right because I think that's where, the and I purposely did that because that's where I think the R comes for in power and it's resilience. Oh, I love it. See, because of the energy, you're, you're able to bounce back. You're able to stand it. You're able to take it. Yes. And people don't even, people wonder how you're doing it. That's one of it. So I guess maybe you and me, Deb, we could talk we, a lot. We but could, but I want to. Maybe we want to. Yeah, but I want to say something about one of the things that you said that I think is, is, has been a major key for me. And you said you thanked me for being transparent and you talked about how, how you can go around and, you know, just feel wonderful, even though things are not always so wonderful, like with your tooth and everything. See, I think we have, um, I used to say wanting perfection is wanting protection. I think when people are very perfectionistic, that, you know, there's just a whole lot of stuff going on there that I'm sure you and I could talk about even more and we deal with with other people and with ourselves. But there's sort of a paradox for me that knowing in a way that my worst stuff, even if I don't go around, you know, talking about it, that my worst stuff is the same stuff in other ways of other people. So we don't have to feel ashamed We don't have to feel like we're carrying around secrets and we don't have to divulge them. We can choose that this is private, but we don't have to hide something being on guard because we're ashamed. And I think that I heard you saying that too. And I think that's real important, real wonderful. And we internalize shame. We internalize other people's fear and other people's, oh, oh no, how can you, oh, you can't. And, you know, we, we end up feeling like, oh, I needed a ride and I needed, help with this and I oh I inconvenienced somebody and oh no and you know we could take that into shame so I think you know that I think you, you that bit about being transparent is very very thank important you. and thank you for that really mm, so wonderful very exciting <laughs> yes we'll have to be in touch this is great <laughs> great sister Great. Uh, Thank you you both so much. Uh, This is great. Well, our host is Danette Dixon, so I will turn it over to you, Danette, to tell people how to raise their hands in. And Danette's a lot of fun, man. She's playful and fun, and yeah. So um, to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y on the PC, and on the Mac, it's Command-Shift. No, it's Alt-Y on the PC, Options-Y. On the Mac and on the iPhone, it's in the lower uh, bottom and on the landline star nine. And when you're given permission to unmute on the computer, it's alt a and on the Mac, it's command shift a on the iPhone. It's in the lower left hand corner and on the landline, it's star six. And we do have lots of raised hands. <laughs> I thought we would. <laughs> Lynn, you can unmute. Hey, Lynn. Hello. First of all, Pib, this is Lynn Corral, and I am so hey. happy to hear you again. And, you know, the, only, the thing I remember most is when we come, we come to the uh, booth, the information booth, and you say, 
you know, and, and Sandy would say he had the same birthday as you, which is really funny. That's and of right. course, I, I've been a widow for five years now, and here I am in Washington State now. And, you know, I think I could relate to a lot of what you said. I always think after better than everybody else, now I'm in a PhD program, and I have a lot of chronic pain. And, you know, I'm still, but I'm still doing stuff. And, you know, we always have to prove, I, I know I've tried to prove myself ever since I was born. What could I say? And, you know, I'm still doing it. And, you know, I live near my son now, but, you know, I think that, you know, when we, we are women, and blind women especially, and that's why I'm doing my PhD on blind women and their experiences of um, job seeking, because mm-hmm. there is nothing in the literature about it, nothing, nothing. I have a look, believe me. And, you know, I think that we are just like a nobody to, to, to the scholarly community, to the sighted community, to any of these communities. And, you know, I've, I've got struggles in school with the inaccessibility of stuff, and it's an online program. So, you know, it's like, okay, you know, when are they going to make everything accessible? You know, really, you know, PDFs and templates that I have to deal with. This is my last class before dissertation. I mean, you know, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And, and you know, I think what, what we have to say about ourselves as sisters is <laughs> that, that we are, that we try so hard to be um, kind of proving ourselves and think that we don't have to, you know, and, and to make sure that people like us, and I don't trust people very much. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't. I never have. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me. But I have a lot of support with other students at the school. I try to help. I try to help them out. Um, I just helped somebody out who was in a class of mine last summer, and I I connected her with somebody else I know in the same criminal justice program. I'm in public policy and administration, but um, I got them together because that's the kind of stuff I do, even if I'm going through stuff. So you know that that's the way it is, and I think I and. and Debbie, you know, I totally agree with you about spirituality. Um, everything is energy. Everything. Yeah. Uh, Wheatley said this, and, and there's no there's no empty space. It's all energy. So that's that's oh, that's you. who I am. Thank you, Lynn. Well, Lynn, what we didn't want to tell you is the the thing was because Sandy and I had the same birthday, we are actually twins, and we just did not want you to know. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> that a lot of this starts with, and I think Debbie helped me out with this. We have to start it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have to start it in ourselves, and we have to start it in the fellowship of blind sisters, and that's how we begin to bring that out to the rest of the world. I don't know, Deb, where you are in that one. I guess you know a lot of it from from life experience, and you know I've also had to learn when when to give and share and when not to and and sort of about boundaries you know like i mean i i do like a phrase that i heard a minister say once that um he said uh it's up to him to uh what did he say comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted and mm-hmm. so there are times when if i feel that people are just really invested in their woundology and they're choosing in a way to stay stuck. And you know what? Everybody has to have their timetable. There are times that I needed to go on and on and on about my stuff until I was ready to get out of that wine barrel. I needed to slosh around and there may be still days that that could happen, but I get out of it a lot sooner. And I think that sometimes we need to let people be where they are and then, and then, when they want to come into the okay circle or they say, you know what, I really need, I really do want to get out of this. And, you know, then allow for that space, allow for that sharing. 
Melissa Hudson, you can unmute. Melissa. Oh, there it is. Hi. Hey. Good, good afternoon. Hey. And uh, Pam, I just have to say, well, first of all, it's a pleasure to meet you, and God you bless you. Um, you. But I want to just say that I was sitting here saying, preach it. You ought to be a preacher, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to be a preacher there, sister. <laughs> I am. Well, I am too. I'm. Awesome. I'm. Are you? Good, yeah. Good to meet you. I, I yes, am. Ma'am. Yeah. I am ordained. You too, Pam. I am indeed. Yeah. Cool. Amen. All right. Great. Well. Well, it's. Thank you both for just your inspirational words of wisdom and and uh, just you know, just all of those great words. But my question that I have for both of you, and especially I want to ask this to Debbie because she does so much work for ACB Radio and I have no clue mm-hmm. how she how she's able to do that and do other things, you know, at the same time. <laughs> what is it that motivates you to keep yourself going every day um, in your life? But what is it that motivates you and that just I really... Think- What's that power? I know that I'm here for a reason. And I know that everything I'm doing is going, is always going to contribute to what I'm here for. And I don't think I'm, I don't think that I'm fully doing all of what I'm here for yet, because I think there are a lot of, of other changes that are going to probably be happening that will bring out even more gifts and more talents and different things. But I think that everything I'm doing, like I think that when I'm dealing with all of the connections with Zoom and, and Internet and I and the streams, that's another form of energy. It's just different. It's with wires and things like that. But it's still about ways that we're all connected. And it's still about helping other people to be connected. And, and so, yeah, I just think there's something about it that I just know. And the other W that's very important for me is wonderment. I thrive on wonderment. Like, I'll, that will inspire me. I'll think th- of things like, who put the wag in the dog's tail? And who made the cat meow or the dog go woof woof? And who put cuteness in the world and where did play come from and things like that that just i mean i get i can really just go and go and go with thoughts about stuff like that and that that also keeps me going okay leslie you can unmute hi guys there you are Less mess. Hey. Yeah. Hey. So thank you so much for both your presentations. Always wonderful. I love the acronyms. I need to get creative. Both yeah. of you. So okay. I want to. I want y'all to teach me some acronyms. We'll so. make up some. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll make up one for auction. There you go. That's I'm sitting here thinking of one, and I have to. I have to get with you so you can help me think. Okay. Tuesday. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to both of you. But great, great job. Thank you. You know, you inspire me every day. And it was so good to hear Pam's story. I don't know Mm -hmm. Pam. So, um, after Debbie Debbie taught me everything I know on the computer. So, all right. (laughs) I got a donut out of it, Leslie. I mean, Larry and I bit a donut that you would, he said you wouldn't, and I said you would. (laughs) So, so how do you all think of the acronyms? I just start thinking I want one. Go ahead. Yeah, I know for me, believe it or not, um, I used acronyms to learn how to spell. 
Oh, cool. And so often it comes out of the word itself. What am I thinking about when I think about that word? Now, I'll give you one just to get you started, Leslie. The Uh-oh. in an auction means no more money when it's over. Okay? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to these auctions and <laughs> broke the bag. But you know, if, if, if you think about the word, and uh-huh. what it really means to you, and then just play with those letters. And like I said, it was a good way for me to learn how to spell. That's great. That's I cool. love it, Pam. That's I like awesome. It. Thank you yeah. both so Thank much you, for your Leslie. time and your inspiration. Thank so, you. Take care. Mm-hmm. You too. And thanks for the auction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Area code nine one four seven. Wait a minute. That sounds like New York. 951. Area nope. code 951-741. Okay. 951. You can unmute. Hi there. Hello. Area code 951 Hi, this is Nancy Younger, and I heard you give these <laughs> different different numbers, and I thought it was me, but I wasn't. Me, mm-hmm. I couldn't unmute for a moment there with my smartphone. Um, I, I liked your presentations very much. Debbie, I hope uh, if we get together for a, a regular kind of in-person convention, you can give me a massage. And, oh, okay, you know, thank you. Oh, right. and, but also... Well, that would be so nice if your if your if your skill, skills are still up. I'm I'm all for it. Mm. Anyway, I love massages. Anyway, and, and Pam, are, are you in Philadelphia? What what exactly do you do with your coaching? I don't quite understand that yet. That sounds sure. good. Well, two things. Number one, yes, I am in Philadelphia, and tomorrow, shameless plug, we actually are going to do a uh, workshop on coaching called Adventures in Coaching. But what I do is I work with women around living the life of their dreams. So that can show up in various ways or a combination thereof, their faith what kind of person they want to be in personal development, and their, their professional goals. So, so through a series of steps and sessions, we work, them to, we work together to get that person where they want to be. And so that's basically coaching. Oh, oh, oh thank you. You're thank welcome. You very much. I think I'm streaming it, too. I think so. So. And Rachel's told me Rachel, I could... You can unmute. Sorry. Who? Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Rachel told you told me I could tell you funny stories. So she used to spend <laughs> a lot of times at my house, and there was one time she'd never forgotten. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was looking for something. I made mashed potatoes, and I accidentally put cumin in them. And um, she used to broadcast, and and I knew nothing about broadcasting. And I mean, she would have cables strung across my living room all over the place, and. One time, our, uh, one of our dogs had an accident, but it was in several places. There's nothing like two blind people trying to figure out where the dog had the accident. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. So, yeah, Rachel and I have lots of fun. We have we we're known for three in the morning breakfasts. I don't know if I could do that as much anymore, but we used to. I used to cook breakfast at three in the morning when she'd be at my house. So, yeah. <laughs> All Go right. ahead, Lindsay. 
Hello, this is Hi. her friend Stacy. We're conventioning together, so I'm sure we can both talk. Okay. I'm totally blind. Okay, I was totally blind <laughs> since I've been two and a half. I can relate to both of your stories because my father abused me and he shook me and threw me as an infant, so I lost oh. my I, um my optic nerve got disconnected. But I always <sighs> say I could have been paralyzed or a vegetable, but you know, being blind, I have to prove myself too along the years. And some people think you should be superhuman. You you can't have any sexual desires. You can't flip a, a word once in a while by accident. If you say something wrong, they look at you like, what are you saying? But you have to be perfect. And I'm human too, you know? So I, I mm-hmm. relate to both of your stories. And thank you for sharing. Aww, thank and you. Too. Yeah. It got better for me when I started understanding that concept of um, progress and not perfection. I like that. You know? Yes. Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Sandra, you can unmute. Hello. Hi. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh wow. <laughs> did they, did they let somebody in here? <laughs> Hi, this is Sandra Sermon. Hey, Sandra. I know you, Debbie. I know. I you. Okay. Good. Yeah, I remember. Well, bam. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm glad you like the phrase that I, my favorite phrase, progress not perfection, because for me, that that really is when um, things really started to get better for me, you know, when, when I understood, okay, look, I don't need to be perfect, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm never going to be perfect, but um, I just wanted to say that you guys both did an amazing job, wow, this is my first time attending um, a women's concerns meeting, but this will not be my last. So no, definitely fabulous, excellent, just um, an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. And Sandra, by the way, is one of those sisters. Okay. (laughs) She's a fantastic person and has influenced me a lot. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Audrey, you can unmute. Audrey, hey, I saw your name in the list. Hello, everyone. It is so wonderful to hear so many people. I have not spoken to Debbie in so long, and I would love to, and to Lynn Correll, and just to hear all these wonderful acronyms. I'm agreeing with you, Leslie, on the, the witch and the power acronym, and just thank you, everybody. I'm glad we are all here together. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you... Suzanne, you can unmute. Well, you are a wonderful woman, Audrey, so I am very happy that you're here, and I know that you believe in some wonderful, many of the same things, so it's great that you're here. Thanks for the encouragement. I know I need it, so thank you. That means something, so thanks a lot. Yes. Hi, this is Suzanne. I, um... I don't know. A couple things. I have been a Pam fan for a long time. I like that. <laughs> and we both live in Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. and we always used to say that uh, the only time we ever get to get together is when we're attending a meeting in another town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I just think that um, sister power is is so infectious and 
You know, I think one thing that's so important, and I wish I had had this earlier in my life, in my late teens and 20s and things, I did not want to be blind. I just Mm -hmm. did not want to associate with anybody who was blind. I didn't want to Mm -hmm. have anything to do with it. And I made a lot of mistakes that I might not have made otherwise. Of course, I might have made them anyway. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, but, still. but I think wow. I think that this is so important. I love both of those acronyms, and I think maybe I might want to join the Women's Concerns Committee next year. Look at that! Wow. We would love Look it. Look at that, yeah. Andrea. You can unmute. I think that's the cat lady. Debbie and Pam. I don't know Pam, um, but I. It was fabulous to hear you, and my roommate who was listening to, said, can I get that as a podcast? I want to play that for my women's group here at Brill Institute in Southern California. So I know this is being recorded, Mm -hmm. so maybe um, it will be available. I don't know. It will. Yes, it um, will. Thank you. I always feel so energized um, attending these events since my first ACB convention back in 2010. And um, I really just, and I hear so many people I know, Leslie and Nancy and lots of people that I know. And I just want to say that you guys are fabulous. Pam, you talked about hitting walls occasionally. Um, I hit a big wall about four years ago, had an opportunity to take a wonderful job that would have been fabulous for me. But um, I, it was just not a good time. There was just too much going on in my life. And I don't think I realized how overwhelmed and how unprepared I was until I started to get ready to travel to Florida to train for this job. And I just, something in me said, I can't do this. I just, I can't, I can't. There's no more of me to give right now. I, just, I don't have the energy to go to Florida for two weeks of training. Um, I'd been through a divorce. I just found out my dad was ill. There was Mm -hmm. just so much going on. And we just think we can give and give and give and keep going. And at some point, we have to acknowledge that we need to stop and heal and, you know, rejuvenate, re-energize ourselves because we women are so strong and we're behind a lot of what gets done in the world. But there are times when you just have to stop and say, okay, enough. Got to take a breath. That's right. So thank you so, so much. That's very Thank true. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I have to tell you that this is, I was so sorry to have missed the beginning of this, but I was on another call that I had to be, there was personal invitation type thing, but I couldn't get off of it fast enough to get here because I am so delighted that Pam Shaw is back. <laughs> there is no one. <laughs> I respected more in this organization, I don't think, oh. in years gone by than Pam. And I had more fun with, actually. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, Shaw, Pam Shaw used to do the, what did we used to call it? First timers or something? Oh, the, yeah. for, all, for all the new people, uh, the newbies at convention. Oh, yeah, and there right. is no one who could do create so much enthusiasm in our first timers at convention and um trust me they need you back because i mean i'm not not that i'm saying that uh whoever did it i think it was cindy whoever did it this year didn't do a good job but there is no one who could who can arouse a group like pam can and i remember a horrible thing that happened one year i want to say we were in pittsburgh but i don't remember for sure 
when something came up and Pam turned to me and said, would you do it? I can't. And I was like, you want me to do what you usually do? I am not that kind of a facilitator. I think half the group fell asleep before. I <laughs> but I am just so, so thrilled that Pam is back with us. And um, hey, girlfriend, welcome back. <laughs> hey, sister girl, good to see hear you. Too. You know, I will say this, though, Taryn, I think and I and I hope I made this clear, you know, during the presentation, so much of the energy that I have comes to me from other people. Mm-hmm. When people come here and it's their first time, that's a magic moment. Sure. And, and so for me, I'm excited for them. And I, and I hope that's what comes through to, for me. Um, I spent a number of years on the information desk and I was excited by everybody who came by, even the people oh. who were mad at me and complaining. I still was excited by them. So thanks for that's all of that. Nice. And baby, I'm back. <laughs> that's nice. I let you can unmute. So this is super ironic since she just said all of that um, because this is my first time. <laughs> and um, I, I know Debbie and I saw Debbie's name. I didn't know what I was coming into, but I saw <laughs> Debbie's name on it. And I am so happy. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, I just want more. So, you guys are terrific panelists, but thank you. The energy and the excitement from the participants has mm-hmm. been just amazing. I'm like Aww. all shaky. Aww, <laughs> so, thank you. Wow. So, yeah, you bring a you heck guys. of a lot to this community. So, yeah, yeah. I you love really you do. Guys so much. I I'm love so you glad too. To be part of this community. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, thank you. Love you too. Yes, indeed. Monica, you can unmute. Monica. Mm. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, mm. I just want to say I've gone through every emotion in this presentation, which is great. <laughs> I, I, I've gone from laughter to wonderful tears. And it's just, they couldn't have picked two people to go together. Pam, I don't know you. I look forward to getting to know you. Absolutely. Debbie, I, I mean this. It was just God because a few weeks ago I was talking to Debbie about an issue, and she said, "If you wait to do something, you're not going to be perfect. You got to look at progress." Mm-hmm. And what oh did you goodness. say, Pam? <laughs> you said progress and not perfection. That's right. That's I, right. It's just, wow. I I was listening on ACB Media too, and I left to come into the Zoom room <laughs> just to say. How much Aww, I appreciate it. Thank both. you. Oh, wow. Thank you. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, that's sweet. What? They let guys in here after all, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitchell, what's up? <laughs> Thanks. This is my first convention. I wasn't expecting to be entertained so good as what you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. We are Martin and Lewis in our spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop working so good with this ACB media. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a wonderful team that I work with. I could not do it. That's one of the things that I've learned a lot about in this job is teamwork. And I was intimidated at first. I was intimidated to work with some of the people and thinking, oh, what if they don't like me? And what if I don't like them? And how are we going to do all this? And some of them are some of my 
I mean, we all have each other's back and we all are just a wonderful team. And even if we're sometimes frustrated with rah, 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 we get over it and we get on with it. And, and so I'm super proud. This team has taught me a lot more about managing and all of us working together. That's really been some of the biggest uh, gain for me in, in all of what we've done that I know I will take forward in, uh, in this life. So thank you. Claire Stanley, you can unmute. Oh, there's someone I've missed Claire, a lot. Yeah. Claire, have I missed you? Hello. Hi, Debbie. Hi. I miss you. I miss hearing your voice on staff calls. Oh, I know. I miss yours. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> it's sad to be away from you guys. And mm -hmm. uh, Pam, I just wanted to say that um, I can so relate to the the stories of, you know, saying I have to be better than everybody else mm -hmm. in order to succeed as somebody with a disability. So mm -hmm. uh, I definitely felt that way all through school and grad school and so on. Uh, one question or just that I would love to hear you ladies' perspective on is someone far wiser than me. Um, I love that you guys talked about the whole idea of uh, inspiring other people. But I know for me, as somebody who has been called inspiring so many times throughout my life as somebody who's blind, I kind of get a little weird about that word. I call mm -hmm. it the I word because, oh, Claire, you're so inspiring, <laughs> you know. And so how do we inspire other people without being the cliche inspirational blind person? You know, how do, how do we see it as both a good thing, but also not, you know, get a little weird about it because I I'm sure everybody's nodding. We've all been told it. And sometimes you're like, Oh, that's not what I want to be. So just thought it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. I had an experience at the end of 2011 where I, I just suddenly got moved to ask, okay, spirit, what am I here for? And I was like, I know I feel like I know, but but tell me. And it, I felt like I heard to inspire. And I said, yeah, I know. And, and I'm, I feel like I do that, but I get tired of. And they said, well, you need to be nicer to people. And I went, oh, wow, okay. Well, so I know that for some people, knowing that as a blind person i do such and such if that inspires them sometimes that is a landmark moment for them and i have no right to take that away from them that doesn't mean i have to stay there and keep doing all of those things but if that's what they get and that's all they get then that's where they are and i can i can go on and say well here's what you know because i tell people more and more you know what i live in the unseen and that's where spirit does most of its work and I have a head start and they get it or they don't, but I just keep going. And, you know, I, I just try not to really let that stuff bother me so much anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think for me, it was partially because I didn't believe I was inspiring people. Um, and I actually took it as people, it was something people said to make themselves feel better because they felt kind of weirded out a little bit because I'm blind. And I changed kind of the meaning of the word because it is, frankly, a privilege and an honor to inspire someone. Because God knows in this world we live, we get enough discouragement and people mm -hmm. are getting enough put down. And so if my little bit made them feel a little bit better or they had a little nice. bit of an easier walk, I don't know all that. 
but I'm happy to do it because I can't really control what they say, even what they think or what they mean, but I can control how I receive it and how I give it out. So me, I just have now turned that word into just a simple compliment and I just say thank you and I thank God if I made a, a, a second's difference, a moment's difference to make their life a little bit better. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. We do have nine people who have their hand raised, and we have okay. five minutes left. Yeah. Okay. So, Natalia, you can unmute. Hi. Um, I don't know either of you personally. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your presentation. Um, Debbie, I've seen you around. You are on the blind buy and sell list with me. I am oh, yes, in the process yes. of moving to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And, ah. uh we are oh, yes. on the thank list you. together, but I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for your presentation. It was, it was amazing. Thank oh, you. Thank Appreciate you. It a lot. Thanks. Donna, you can unmute Donna Pomerantz. Yay. Hey, sister girl. Hello. 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 I just wanted to say quickly, thank you both for saying yes oh. to our invitation um mm. both of you are so so busy and i just wanted to quickly jump in and say thank you both mm. for saying yes thank, thank you. you thank you thank you <laughs> thank you for being here two one five oh that's my area code hello Hi. I am unmuted. Betty yes, Parson, I, I, knew. I knew it. <laughs> How are you? I am so proud of you. I am so proud of Philadelphia. It is unbelievable. <laughs> if, you know, Miss Shaw is, a, and I, I am glad you're back too. You were way too long from this. Because you, oh, Pam used to organize sweet. banquets and and uh, volunteers and uh, be there to help you find a table and whatever and even pour a, help you pour a glass of water during a convention. I'm a terrible pour. She didn't. And I just finished working with her in the uh, state legislative seminar, and she's incredibly patient. She's an amazing mentor and a, an amazing teammate to work with. And uh, anyway, uh, what happened is this little girl is very poor, and she is very cold in the winter. And her only friend is a supportive, playful kitty cat. So she was given a magic crayon, and if she draws an O on that kitty cat, the cat, C-A-T, turns into a coat. C-O-A-T. Oh. And in the summer, she can erase that O, and the coat loses oh. the O and becomes a cat again. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but I'm so proud of of, uh, of having a, of you. Of the, I can't wait to see you in coaching tomorrow. And, <laughs> Pam, I cannot wait. And, uh, and Debbie, is, what you do with uh, ACB Radio or media or whatever we're calling it nowadays. I'm sorry. Jeanette, thank you so much. When I saw that unmute thing come up, I'm like, me? Well, (laughs) ladies, I I really appreciate your accepting our invitation from Mm -hmm. ACB Women to come into this call and that you're doing some great recruiting for us as well, clearly. I want to put you both on notice that we have a monthly community call and we will be hunting you up to All come right. back and share sure. part two and part three and part two <laughs> to keep us going. Thank so you. Thank, thank you, you both. Just want thank to say you. one quick thing. Um, you both talked about coming from a family with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. It just 
always amazes me that those so many of us in the mental health field come from sure. that background mm -hmm. and that just just uh you know we just learn at an early age to be attentive to people's needs mm -hmm. and to see and to know pain when we see it that's true and many of us have survived uh had many wonderful strengths in covid did you find that pam well absolutely absolutely yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Thank, so you. thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you everybody thank, thank you, you everyone Bye. take care